Welcome to She Who Hustles, a podcast by women in the workplace for women in the workplace. What the heck is up, ladies? Uh, When I say ladies, I mean particularly because we have a new lady in the podcasting studio. Um, You want to do the honors, Kelsey? I guess you you inaugurated the podcast. uh, Inaugurated? I don't know. What am I even saying? (laughs) Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, (laughs) Welcome to She Who Hustles. This week, we are joined by our very special guest, our first guest, Miss Sue Bimashi. Hey! I'm so resume. excited to be your first, your first guest. That's, I feel very special. Thank you. I'm so excited to be navigating this through Zoom. So this is, this is fun. Yes, we and when have I say, unique challenges this time around. When I say fun, I mean it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, there's <laughs> but, definitely a lot. But you know, um, pandemics, uh, you got to stay safe. We got to keep it clean and, um, God, I'm just really out of it today. <laughs> I've been out of it all week. All week. Yeah, yeah but you know... No, that's not a good segue. Um, <laughs> Tyler, you're going to have to edit a lot of this. I'm sorry. Leave it in. Can I just say leave it in throughout the entire Yes. <laughs> leave it in. Don't cut that. Don't cut so that. excited to have Subi with us today. Um, talking a little bit about her. She is the uh, founder. Are you, Sue? President, There's so many things. President, don't do see that. <laughs> of Woman Nation. Like, Why don't you give us your the head of Woman Nation? So I, I, I could be, I guess, president. I don't think I was elected, though. I think I was just given the title. So I, I mean, democracy director. is overrated. So okay, um, I am the <laughs> director of special operations. I am also the site director of. Milford, and more importantly, I am in Women Nation as one of the leaders there. So those are my creds. How long have you been here? What's your story? We all use, she's told her whole full story yeah. on the show. So if you want to listen to that 14, 15-year saga, check out the show. But uh, brief version? Sure. 17 years at RDI. Started on the phones. That's a whole QA. teenager. It is, actually, literally, uh, because I was eight months pregnant when I started RDI, (laughs) and my son is now 17, so it is a whole teenager. Um, But I've done pretty much everything. Agent, QA, program manager, site director, director of spec ops. I've been able to work with some pretty awesome people. At one point, shared an office with uh, Mrs. Kelsey Best. That was probably my favorite time at RDI. That was a good time. It was a good time. And then you left me and left me with James Kappa. So. Talk about emotions in the workplace. Whew. Ooh. <laughs> There's the segue I was looking for. Dealing <laughs> with Kappa. Oh, bless. <sighs> bless him. Sweet, sweet, sweet Kappa. So Love what him. are we talking about today, guys? What's, what are we, what's the deal? What are we doing? You know, I think we should talk about managing emotions in the workplace, mostly because that's what I put in the email document that I sent over that said, hey, let's talk about managing emotions in the workplace. Let's talk about that. 
Um, I need help. I need help. <laughs> Why do you think you need help? <laughs> Sweet. Well, I'm glad that's what we're talking about because that's what I prepared for. Um, Look at you, Sue. Uh, you came prepared. I did. I read like a whole article um, and Jeez. then looked at some books that I've read previously. Ooh, the let's name off some of the books. What are some of the books you Oh, read? yeah, that's a bad question to say. Uh, no, no, I'm really reading... excited because I read books too, so. Which, well, so one of them, as I went through the book that Women Nation is reading right now, which is Secret Thoughts of Women, Successful Women in the Workplace, um, what books did you read, Jen? Um, So there was this book that I read a while ago, and I just refreshed myself on the topics, but it was called Delusions of Gender by Cordelia Fine, and it's basically, she's a neuroscientist, and she talks about how neuroscience is a fairly sexist field anyway, so these ideas that people have of men's brains work just they just work differently than women's brains and we just need to understand our differences she kind of identifies how that's not necessarily true a lot of that has to do with our nature it has to do with our nurture as opposed to our nature um so i read that and i read a couple articles from the harvard business review so, and I just, you know, I'm going to pull a lot from my life experiences because your girl has managed some emotions. Um, Same. I have failed to manage emotions in the workplace. I mean, I left that word out, uh, but. <laughs> so I think like one thing I just wanted to make sure we, we cover is, you know, everyone talks about how much more emotional women are than men. And it really depends on what you consider emotional. Um, if you mean showing emotions, I think that's fair. I think women show some emotions more than maybe men do. But it depends on which ones. Like if we're talking about anger, mm. uh, you know, right? Maybe we we don't corner the market on that. Um, but if you're talking about like getting emotional to the point of tears, it's pretty well documented that that women cry more than men, but there's a bunch of scientific reasons for that. It doesn't mean that women are weaker or men don't have the same emotions behind it. It's just how it's expressed is different. Yeah, I think the expression of the emotion is big because like for me, as known by Joe Catanzaro as the one who cries, it's generally anger. Like why I cry because I'm I'm trying to I'm not, like, sad. I don't want to feel bad for me. That's not what I'm crying. It's like, I'm really mad, and I don't want to pop off right now, so my <laughs> eyes are just going to leak. Yeah. <laughs> and then once they start, it's harder to get it to stop. Oh, God. It's the worst. And also, I think... when people ask you how you're doing, why do people do that? Like, you look... If you see someone that looks like they're about to cry, please do not go up to them and be like, are you okay? Because that will immediately make them cry. No. You... <laughs> I was until you asked me about Well, I think that's really important is to mention that crying is not an emotion. Crying is an expression of an emotion. So people aren't necessarily just sad or overwhelmed when they cry. There's a lot of reasons why people could cry. They could cry in frustration. Uh, they could cry because of fear or anxiety or anger, as Kelsey said, but there's a lot of reasons that lead to that. 
And, you know, where some people uh, punch walls, some people cry, you know? And it, these expressions of emotions are how we can learn to manage. We learn to manage the expressions of the emotions, not the emotions themselves. It's a great point. Some people, instead of punching walls, call their subordinates and take it out on them when they're upset, while other people might, might just tear up in their car driving home from the office, right? Like much, yeah. much different ways of handling things. Seems oddly specific, too. So. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this uh. may be the episode of oddly specific uh, vague references, uh, such as getting emails from men who were like clearly your data is wrong because i definitely did this and they called me a liar and then i show them how they were wrong so you know <laughs> not uh, specific at all you're good but but if i was emotional it, it's like oh that's what drives me nuts is if we switch hats it because men i read this Anger is not an emotion that women are expected to express. We expect men to feel angry and to express anger. But if women express it, especially even women of color, that is just a no-go. She's not a polite woman. You don't want to deal with her. Whereas if a man does it, it's just like, wow, he must be having a bad day. Well, and I think what's interesting, at least in my experience professionally, like, the men are the more emotional ones. Mm -hmm. I actually had this conversation with uh, Chris Belisario yesterday about how <laughs> a lot of my job sometimes is managing male emotions. I, I how, and how do you do that? How do you do that, Kelsey? Well, I mean, it's a case-by-case -case basis, right? Like, I, I think we're a family here at RDI. We know mm -hmm. each other really well. And if you're close with someone you work with and you know how they have to get their stuff out so they can move on. Yeah. You just got to listen and be like, what do you need, dude? You good? <laughs> and then, and then you move on. I mean, I haven't really had an instance where it's become a problem per se. It's just, you know, working with women, maybe, I don't know, are we just more in tune with each other and kind of know when it's appropriate to express our feelings and when it's not and we don't have that bond i don't know yeah and i hate like and i i think we just need to clarify here we are talking about the majority not all right there are right. some yeah. men in, the, in this company specifically that are very um open to expressing their emotions and i've seen them cry and and act in a way that would typically be like oh that's more of a feminine characteristic i love that like i wish everybody would you know, feel free to express themselves how they they fit. Now, I would prefer no one to cry, like, ever around me. That would be, like, the best thing in the world for me personally, but I don't think that's very realistic, right? Um, I also feel like their women are more likely to hold things in, um, where men, when they feel slighted or... Uh, they have something on their mind. They're they're more open to talking about it right away. So there's not that buildup that there is sometimes with us, where okay, you don't want to say anything, you don't want to say anything, and then it just explodes, right? Yeah, and, that's a good point. And um, I think a lot of that comes from the feeling uh, that they're free to express their feelings, yep. um, or that their feelings are equal to their thoughts, whereas 
I think with men, often people think, oh, my thoughts and my feelings are the same thing. My feelings are as valid as my thoughts. And when a woman feels a certain way, it's like, oh, well, those are just women emotions. So they're yeah. not taken as seriously. It's kind of interesting too, though, right? Because there's also the other side where men are not allowed to cry, right? You're not even as a, a they're brought up that way. You're not allowed to show this. So maybe it's in finding coping mechanisms. They've learned to talk about it right away. So it doesn't build up. I mean, you can't tell me that some of these guys that go through the same things that we do don't go home and maybe cry in the shower or cry on the way home. I'm not going to call anybody by name, but somebody who recently left RDI, whom I love dearly, I think his name's like Bobber. We'll call him Richard. That. Richard um, Samble uh, told me, you know, there was times that he had to leave early because he, he didn't want to get emotional in front of people. So they've just learned those coping mechanisms earlier in life. And that's why they're seen as, quote unquote, less emotional. Um, yeah, honestly, if you would have told me that, I don't really know him that well. Um, I always saw him as a rock, you know, just emotionless, just stone cold face. Uh, but I mean, that's my perception as someone that doesn't interact with him daily, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, and that's something I really struggle with because I feel like everyone can see my emotions on my face. Even if I choose not to express them, they still see them. And that almost feels like a violation, you know? I think I, everyone sees the, all the emotions on my face except for happiness. <laughs> they just tell you well. to smile. But, I mean, seriously, like, we're into the game late, right? Like, so as women, like, we're allowed to cry. We have, you know, sappy. Everything sappy is, like, aimed towards us through our, like, preteen years and teenage years. And we're allowed to have, like, cry sessions with our friends. And then you get into a professional environment and you have to learn this skill you've never had to do before, which is to hold some things in, not cry when someone's quote-unquote mean to you or when you're overwhelmed. So instead of learning this as a, you know, toddler, we're learning this in our 20s and in our 30s. And I will tell you that over 17 years, the amount of times I've cried at RDI has significantly gone down over the years. I'm not going to say it, like, never happens, but I've learned, like, warning signs, triggers, things I can do to cope. Sometimes it's just, yep, got to leave now, because <laughs> if I don't walk out the door, somebody's going to see me in tears. Um, but things like that, that when I first started, I either wasn't able to do because I was an agent, and it turns out you can't just walk off the floor every time you want to, right? Um, Especially when you're an agent, yeah. Yeah, or I didn't know, I couldn't see the signs, I didn't know how to do that, so... Or, and you say, you know, maybe we're kind of behind the curve when it comes to learning the different coping mechanisms, but is it the opposite, right? Like the workforce going back, cent not centuries, decades, has been built on men primarily, and women are now catching up, and men are brought up to not show emotions. So are we just doing what is natural and what is sure. every human is supposed to do? We just... It's just a weird thing to do at work because you're at work and... So I think there, there's two... Yes, I think that like there needs to be a blending. But at the same time, there's some solid reasons why you can't fall yeah. apart while you're in management, right? Not just because Matt Dowd or Joe Catanzaro will become uncomfortable. We're not really concerned about them. But if I'm leading a site of 300 people and my face is red and splotchy and I'm crying in my office... 
the amount of stress that that puts on 300 people that might see me yep. is way different, right? Then, like, that's who we have to, quote, unquote, be strong for. I'm not saying you can't show any emotion ever, 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 but you, it is something to work on to make sure we're not putting undue stress on people that work for us. Absolutely. No, I definitely agree. I think, so... I, I decided to get a little vulnerable with this episode and discuss some mental health stuff because that definitely affects my emotions. Um, <laughs> I like the shoulder shimmy, Kelsey. Um, just a little shoulder shimmy vulnerability. Um, <laughs> but uh, to share personally, I deal with depression and anxiety. We've talked about that before. I am also diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which they describe as uh, feeling every emotion is like you're a burn victim. And anytime someone touches your emotions, it feels like excruciating. So like if you were to touch a burn victim um, anywhere on their body, they would be in excruciating pain. So managing that kind of level of pain on a daily basis especially in a call center environment so you have you have uh customers calling in or you're calling out to customers that do not have to manage their emotions <laughs> they don't they don't have to do anything to you <laughs> they don't have to be nice or polite uh so they don't necessarily care and that's not their responsibility to uh, but so dealing with that and then you have uh, people in the workplace, uh, there's drama, there's interactions, then you have uh, pressure from statistics and things and metrics that you have to meet. Then you have people maybe yelling at you about how many calls are in queue. That was a big thing because I have a auditory sensitivity. People would scream, we got 98 calls in queue. <laughs> and I was like, I can't dial faster. <laughs> so that would it would just all accumulate and I would end up just face red tears pouring down my face like rivers and I'm just like thank you for calling how can I help you and that's not that's not a good look that doesn't that doesn't say strong that doesn't say held together you know uh, so I would go home and I would feel incredibly disappointed in my performance, which just compounded all of the negative emotions the very next day. So yeah. it's incredibly to go from that to a place where I feel like I do have a handle on my emotions um, is a huge deal for just my mental health and my well-being in general. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought I thought a lot when, you know, in the last couple of weeks when we decided this was going to be our topic about, you know, at first I kind of went down the path, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but I was like, I've just gotten really good at managing my emotions over the last 17 years because I've been practicing. And then I had to really take a step back and be like, could it be that you make a living wage now? Could it be yep. that you're not worried about your electric and your water being shut off? Could it be that you're more respected so your boss takes your opinion into consideration more often than maybe they did when you were, right? Like there's like a ton of things that kind of go yes. into being able to um, stay sane and stay not crying in the workplace. 
And the more confident I was able to get and the more responsibility I was given and the more I really felt valued, the less I have those breakdowns, the less I have to go to my car, right? The, I, I think I went a solid year without crying because of work. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's like a huge accomplishment for me. Um, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And I think you mentioned something key, being able to go to your car. Right. That's, that's also a freedom that a person in management has as opposed to someone on the phones because you have 98 calls in queue. <laughs> well, I think for me, like it, it, it's almost like enough exposure, you kind of build up a tolerance, right? Like mm-hmm. I used to, when I think back to when I first became maybe a team lead or a supervisor, like everything felt like the end of the world. And now that I've been exposed to so many things, I understand that like that stuff is not the end of the world. Um, and I've cried enough. <laughs> It's just harder for me to cry. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense too. Like when you I think a lot of my ability to manage my emotions was internal validation. And I would all I didn't have any of it. <laughs> so I would go to my boss, uh, my boss's boss, my coworker for that validation that I was doing a good job because I really did care about my job but I didn't know if I was doing well enough. So whenever a boss would say to the group, we're not doing well enough, I would own that. And that was the, the invalidation that I felt that I was doing a good job and that made me emotional. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely agree that like, that I've seen it all now. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've seen clients come and go and I still have a job and the world, <laughs> the world has not ended when we met this goal or didn't, you know? So. Well, and I think it, if you guys think back to earlier on in your time with RDI, when managing your emotions was much more of a struggle, were you getting feedback from your manager? Like regular feedback I actually didn't have a single coaching session when I was an agent. And neither did I. And so I wonder if like, you know, and then you cry because you have a rough meeting and you haven't talked to somebody for a year and yeah. uh, it didn't go well. And so now you're like, ah. but you know, maybe that's what we can do to leave it better. Hashtag leave her better for future <laughs> generations. Yeah. Coaching. Talk to your people. Coach, give feedback, make them understand that like constructive feedback is not the end of the world. It doesn't mean you're going to lose your job. It doesn't mean you're in trouble. It just is what it is. Because I think that was something that was difficult for me. I was, I came in very quickly and took on more responsibilities and, you know, did more. And then my first meeting that wasn't, you know, oh my God, you're amazing, was like, (laughs) I felt like it was the end of the road for me. Yeah. I think something else, and this has kind of been coming up lately as well, is I didn't have trust that I could go to people with my problems so I kept everything in a lot and there's two sides to that one is and this is hard facts if you are someone who is telling your life story and everything that goes wrong you're turning into drama and you're telling people below you or telling people your peers like it's not good it's not a good look people aren't going to trust you you need to be able to go up though And I hear that a lot where I find out something that's happening at a center or in a program and I'm like, why didn't nobody come forward? And they're like, well, I didn't want to be retaliated against. 
or I thought if I came, then people were just going to think I was negative. Um, that's a lot to hold in, right? Mm -hmm. so, but you have to feel like you can go above. So especially at RDI, uh, I just want to say, like, I'm going to make a blanket statement at a certain level. If you are talking to somebody at a director level or above about an issue, I will 100% promise that there's not going to be retaliation, that you can do that in a safe space. I would like to say that about every level. I don't, I, and we're getting there, but I can definitely say from personal experience, director level and above, go to them and tell them what's going on at work, professional-wise. And I think a really big tool is being able to know how to phrase things. So there was often when I was learning how to manage my emotions, I, how I would phrase things, I would either be over professional, so it sounded ungenuine or ingenuine, disingenuous. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it wouldn't sound real and people would feed into, feed their own emotions into what I was saying. Or I would just lay it all out on the line and it wasn't quite professional. So finding a person you trust, and I think that's what Women Nation is about. Um, if, if you can find people in Woman Nation. You can build connections with people online or uh, on LinkedIn, wherever, to bounce ideas like that off of. We, we do have a certain level of skill now with being able to communicate with the people above us and be able to talk to, say, a supervisor or a program manager without being retaliated against. Yep. So go to those people to learn how to communicate better. Yeah, I love that. I think communication is key to not breaking down and crying as much. <laughs> if you feel like you're being listened to and you feel like someone wants to listen to you, it makes it a lot easier. And I, I would say that communication is how you express your emotion. So if you need time to process your emotion, it is 100% okay to say, let me get back to you on that. I want to make sure I word this correctly. And encouraged. You should definitely do that. Yes. I wait it 10 minutes before I respond to any email. Oh, sometimes I wait a day. Like if I I've done that before, night, yeah. I'm like, mm. I'm going to wait until the morning or I'll call a peer or somebody above me and be like, hey, this is how I took this and I don't want to write back the wrong thing. Can we talk this out, right? That's really, that's a great tip, honestly, because if you have an email that could be a phone call and you could empathize better with that person and they could empathize more with you if it was a phone call or a Zoom, do it. That is preferred. <laughs> like, don't... It, I always say, like, if an email chain is longer than three responses and, and communications, longer than three chains long, I, I turn it into a call because it'll be resolved in 10 minutes. Yep. It's more efficient to talk to somebody than to email them sometimes. So don't you have some science... Can you bring some science to the table today? I did, I did. So I, I wanted to know, like, actual science behind why girls cry more than, than guys, right? Um, <laughs> women cry more than, than boys. Uh, so there's some scientific reasons, right? One of which, and this is the funniest one to me, but women's tear ducts are smaller. 
uh, a lot smaller. So they, why you cry is tears build up in your tear ducts and then they overflow. Guys have larger tear ducts, so it takes more for it to overflow. That's insane. So you're saying that dudes are actually crying by women's levels. They're just... They're not shallow enough for the water to fall out. Yeah, or maybe they're too shallow. Yes, yes, they're not shallow enough. I just want that big tear duct energy. That's (laughs) big tear duct energy. All right, the other other actual (laughs) scientific reason is there, and I'm going to read this almost just verbatim off the site, but I think you pronounce it prolactin, but it's emotional tears come from a hormone called prolactin, um, and women make 60% more than men. So there's just a hormone called prolactin that we have a lot more of. Uh, so it doesn't mean that we're not feeling things the same way. It just means that it makes us cry easier scientifically. And then the other one is testosterone is actually is actually scientifically proven to reduce the amount of tear buildup. So, huh. Yeah. So it's a reason why, for example... Um, a lot of male pros- people with prostate cancer, uh, they become more emotional because they're treated with medications that lower the level of testosterone. So mm. they, that's why they start crying a lot more. I mean, it could also be that they have cancer, but <laughs> scientifically they say it's because of testosterone. Why are you laughing about cancer? <laughs> It's the way you say it. Like, you know, maybe they might cry because you know. Because they have cancer, but. I'm just saying, it's weird that this is a study. Like, yeah. uh, But (laughs) multiple studies. Consider all the variables. Yeah. (laughs) Probably shouldn't put that in there. Keep it in. (laughs) Keep it in. Oh, God. So, scientifically, well, I mean, okay, so we're talking about crying, but I think crying, again, as Kim said, is like an expression of an emotion, and that that can be an expression of many different emotions. For me, it's frustration or anger or, like, right. kind of a lack of control in the situation, and I'm like, oh, God, what's going to happen? And then, yeah, uh, yeah. waterworks. Um, but what are some other emotions that we are managing in the workplace that that we need to kind of be cognizant of and keep under control stress um stress is an emotion that makes me just frazzled uh so i i did look this up a little bit and i i wanted to talk uh, like sue's talked a little bit about the science of uh, physically why we are more emotional or more prone to crying but i wanted to talk about um like the field of neurology and how people assume that women and men's brains are different. So the reason behind this can be uh, that people in general are just malleable and flexible. So when you tell them they are a certain way, they will rise to meet that. Meaning that if you are, if society is in general telling women that they should be more emotional to be more womanly, they will be. Whereas men also rise to the occasion that if society is telling them not to be as emotional, they will be. So the expectations that you put on others and yourself affect how emotional you are, as well as um, our capacities are affected for better or worse by our context, our beliefs, and the beliefs of those around us. So if we believe that our core identities are being threatened, we are likely to be more emotional. 
So items like anger, stress, these aren't bad emotions. These are emotions that are telling you that a boundary you have set has been crossed. So how you handle that, why are you, you look like you're like ready to, like, I don't know, Sue, you were no. looking at me. Oh, uh, me? I thought you were looking at me, no. <laughs> I was scratching my eyes, like, I'm not crying, I promise. No. I'm always crying. Um, I actually do have a reactive tear duct, so like a lot of times, like, Tears will just pour down my Sue face. Sue laughs for four seconds, and she's sobbing. I am. It's a problem. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got really self-conscious there for a second. Um, <laughs> but when our core identities are threatened, that means that we feel that someone has crossed a boundary, and so we are raising those emotional levels to stop that crossing. And so the way to really work with that and to overcome that is to self-distance yourself from this person's interaction. You remove your core identity. Like, you validate your core identity. You say, uh, these, uh, this person is angry at me, but it doesn't affect my safety. Things like that. So, like, you have to look for triggers like that that make you feel angry or scared or stressed. Identify those and then distance yourself from how that person is expressing their emotions. Sorry, I went on a little ramble there. Um, so is it like a person or a situation? So can I can I distance myself from a global pandemic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wear masks. Stay indoors. You never yourself. leave. Never leave your bubble. It's <laughs> emotional distance. So, I mean, not necessarily putting space between you and that other person. So say, for example, you have a stressful... A situation happening at work. You have a meeting you were supposed to attend that you missed. If you remove yourself from that for a second, yes, you missed that meeting. Yes, that was messed up. You shouldn't have done that, whatever. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, people are allowed to make mistakes. You remove yourself from the immediate consequences and give yourself space to respond to those situations appropriately. I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense. No, it does. You're basically just taking a second to analyze and removing yourself from the media. Yeah. The biggest thing that really helped me do that was meditation. Uh, I started meditating my second year at the call center. Um, So I've been doing it now for seven years. Uh, (laughs) But it's basically, I've led a couple lessons on meditation before, but meditation is just stopping your thoughts and that gives you space to learn how to stop your thoughts and stop rumination which is just constant thinking over and over and that gives you by exercising that muscle in your brain i say muscle in air quotes you are giving yourself strength to be able to stop that rumination in the future so there are definitely hard skills that you can obtain over time that will help you manage your emotions as well, rather than just accepting that they happen too. I think that's good. I think it, it, there's so there's two types of removing yourself from the situation. One is exactly what Kim's talking about, which is meditation and taking a moment and you know really internally thinking about it a different way. Um, and then sometimes it really is just physically removing yourself from a situation. I will <laughs> quick story um, when. Richard Bamble left the company 
Um, that was in a very emotional time for me. Like we were running a site together. He's one of my best friends. We worked together for 12 years. Um, and I was very overwhelmed. And then, you know, he called me to tell me and I was like, hold on. I walked out of my office and I walked outside and I walked down the street and I was like, all right, we can talk about this now, right? Because I knew that if I talked about it right then, same thing the day he left. We, I walked him up front, took his badge. He wanted to talk. And I was like, yep, I'm going to leave now. And I turned around and walked away. <laughs> like, Because I knew if I have this emotional like goodbye right now, I'm probably going to be in tears. It's not something I want to do at my place of employment. I'll do that later on my drive home. So I had to physically remove myself. And that's a boundary. That's another boundary that you set up. And you say, I don't have space to handle this right now, so I am going to wait until I have space. Right. And yeah. I think that's super important. Harder to do, once again, we understand when you're <laughs> on the phones or when you're in situations where it's very overwhelming, um, that it gets easier when you have more faith in the people around you and you have more confidence in yourself and you're like physically able to do those things and set those boundaries up. Absolutely. I mean, I I know that agents don't have the ability to just get up and say, I don't have space to handle this call right now. But <laughs> at the same do, time, like, you can. Like, yeah. if you, I've had agents, like, tell me, hey, I, I can't do this and need a minute. And they can go outside or they can yep. go to the restroom. Like, you can. Now, if that becomes, like, a every call thing, obviously, at that point, it's... <laughs> maybe this isn't the right path for you. Let's figure this out, right? But if it's a every once in a while type of thing, I mean, I've done that. Kelsey, have you done that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I do say, like, you can even do that mentally. Just if someone is telling you something and you don't have the time to process or the, like, mental capacity to process that in the moment, mentally say, I'm going to set this aside. <laughs> I will come back to this compartmentalization just push it deep down no i'm just kidding just in, in the vault to the side to the side you have to deal with it eventually yes I, there, there are some people that i get very worried that they have a stack of folders in the back of their head that they've never opened chris martin and one day they're all gonna like fly open at the same time like you do have to deal with it eventually just that's something that I'm, I'm still working on is compartmentalization. I think where I'm at now is I've at least acknowledged when I need to set that boundary and say, I need a minute, um, but I definitely can't do two things at once. Like, stressful life event happens or I'm not feeling well. Like, I, I tend to mentally fixate on the thing I probably shouldn't be. And so instead of just sitting there being unproductive for eight hours, I can at least be like, hey, I'm going to take some time work on some stuff quietly. I'm lucky that I'm able to do that. But, um, yeah, I, I can't just, like, You're not have lucky. something happening and then, like, move some, move on immediately. I Ugh. think that's really important to say. You're not lucky. You earned where you are, so you have okay. the freedom to be able to do that. Okay, yeah, sure, Kim. That is, that is true, but there is some luck in moving up as well, but that's another yes. podcast, I think. Yeah, that's a whole episode. That's a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, but there definitely are freedoms that come with moving up in a company, but there are ways because I mean, I was learning how to manage emotions while I was moving up throughout the company. So it's possible. You don't have to be perfect at it before you move forward. 
You just I can tell you definitely don't need to be perfect. <laughs> you can just keep working. <laughs> Just, just meditate, folks. Just meditate. We, we're all still learning, right? Like, there's still been times where I've been on the phone with my boss, and I'm like, yep, can't talk right now. Just going <laughs> to let him ramble for the next 30 minutes, because if that talk, there's only one of two things that are going to happen. I'm going to cry or I'm going to yell, and I'm pretty sure neither of those are what he wants to hear. I will stay silent. <laughs> or, or scheduling your weekly cry. I, I still do that. So I actually do that by, I, I actually, I'm proud to say I haven't cried at or about work in over a year, officially. Oh my God. Thank you, COVID. That's amazing. I don't know how, but anyway, uh, what I do, I do have a lot of emotions in general though, and like I don't want to freak out all the time. So I watch This Is Us every Tuesday at nine <laughs> on NBC, not sponsored. Um, <laughs> and I cry so much. And get everything out, and I feel refreshed. So I, first of all, I went, my streak was broken when Richard Bamble left, so damn him. But before <laughs> that, I've been over a year. Um, but when I was coming, when I got into HUD housing and I had my kids, and I was like super, super stressed, I couldn't cry in front of them. So I, <laughs> this is crazy, but I got into a habit of, you work, you go home, you feed your kids, you do homework, you put them in bed, I would take a bath, I would cry. Every, like, every night for, like, years. That's what I did. To the point where my kids were like, Mom just, like, really loves baths. Like, it's weird. I'm like, yeah. Wait, so all this time, like, I got you a, a Christmas gift basket with bath supplies? Is that all these baths you're just crying? No, no. She I'll just get her Kleenex. I do still love baths, but I no longer cry every time. It's more like, you know, sporadically. If you guys only understood the amount of bath supplies, I've either gifted or recommended to Sue. And all this time... <laughs> All this time, she really just needed Kleenex. PTSD. I just open up like, thanks. No. The drain thing? I bought that. So you can now cry in four additional inches of water. If you guys haven't bought the whatever that's called. Oh, guys, it is a, it, okay, so you know how you have in the bathtub the thing that's like on the front that has the drain? It's basically the emergency drain, right? Yep. Well, it's a cover that suction cups around it. And there's a hole at the top, so it literally adds like three additional inches of water. It is a game changer. Legit. Ten dollars on Amazon. Seriously, best purchase I made this year. Legit. So you can. Kelsey told me about it. I bought it immediately. <laughs> immediately. Go if you have eleven ninety nine to spare right now. Go on Amazon, look it up, buy it. I thought you can cry in the bath. You can not cry in the bath. Whatever you want to do, you got three inches of water to play with. It's it's it it definitely helps. I thought that you were recommending a tub shroom for a second. I actually did recommend a tub shroom to Chris Martin like three weeks ago. Oh yeah, it's a hair catcher. I actually told him about that a year ago. So what? Well, he was complaining about some plumber bill, and I was like, what? What? Or Drano something. And he was like, oh, all of Asia's hair in the shower drain. And I was like, dude, get a top shroom. Dude, I told him that a year ago. I'm not kidding. Thanks, Martin. Let's not sponsored by a top shroom. Uh, None of the items we talk about are sponsored or endorsed by RDI. Just Guys, us. this thing's called a Slip X Solutions Bottomless Bath Overflow Drain Cover for tops. Oh, my God. So I'll say that one more time. Slip X Solutions Bottomless <laughs> Bath over tub 
<laughs> over top. Yeah, overflow drain cover for tops. Look it up. You can get it in gray, clear. <laughs> I got aqua. Aqua? Yeah. That nice. makes sense. I makes mean. water look really blue. I am done. I'm done with you both. How did we get here? I didn't know that you were such a bath person, Sue. I love baths. That's I, like I too. my, my dream bath. Bathtub is a bathtub that I can sit in and the water goes over my boobs. That's all I want in my life. You can get Kim, this. get the thing. Yeah, the th- I'm, t- I'm going to buy it for Kim. Yeah. Kim, email me right now. address. Can we get those those covers with RDI Woman Nation on the cover? Joseph, you're listening to this. Make that happen. I think that's we'll send you the link. <laughs> just kidding. The uh, RDI would just like come off <laughs> <laughs> because it's submerged in water. She's just got Chris Pruitt painting on it. RDI <laughs> <laughs> could be an outlaw project. <laughs> No, Carrie Ray. <laughs> Carrie Ray, she's go- so good at art. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh God. Great. Can I get uh, an art with April project? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, Seriously, though, buy that thing. I just, I don't know. Like, I already fill her up pretty high. There's some whale moments when I turn over and, the, whoa, all the water. <laughs> so, yeah, I know... Sorry, you got to go slow when you're moving because the water is right there. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And you might be underestimating like just how much four inches of water is. Like I know we can't see each other in person, but like it's a lot. It's, it's more a than water. a gallon. <laughs> it's way more than a gallon for sure. Yeah. It's probably like 20 gallons. I don't really know. I think most bath tubs are 80 gallons, so probably more like 20. <laughs> now you're doing the math. Okay. Um, back to the topic at hand, though. Um, I think this is a good spot to end. We've already covered, like, the fact that, you know, Kim gave us, like, real good information about how to healthily, 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 uh, cope and distance yourself. I have given you how to run away. Um, and... You know what? I'd love to hear from our listeners how they uh, work to manage their emotions because I know a lot of our listeners, obviously, because it's most of our staff, are on the phones uh, and can't break away like like we're telling everybody to do. Um, But what are some things you guys do to to keep your cool under pressure? Do you like bite the inside of your cheek? Inappropriate humor. That's where I go. That's a a good one. Kim, you should put that on the Women Nation page so people can can contribute to that. that that's a good discussion. I like that. When yeah. I'm uh, in a, I always try to have water with me in meetings because I've I've noticed that if I feel overwhelmed, if I just drink a bunch of water, <laughs> and it stops. That actually does help. So re- re- increasing the amount of water that you intake improves your brain functionality. So you are able to process things quicker if you are drinking water. Also, it's just a good tick to give yourself a, a, a second to breathe, you know? Well, and my, for my thing is, like, when, I'm, when I get to that point, like, and I'm talking, you can hear, like, the emotion in my voice. So if I'm just chugging water, I'm like, oh, man, my throat really hurts. <laughs> Definitely not about to cry. <laughs> 
I mean, I mean that's, what, that's why it works for me. I'm really glad that Matt and Joe probably aren't going to listen to this so they don't know, like... I'm going to send it to them via email. I'm only talking about that. meetings with them. I know. <laughs> They're going to be like, why is Kelsey always drinking? She's like the most hydrated person ever. <laughs> no, they wouldn't notice that. <laughs> For the record, we're dropping some names. Nobody's anything and like been mean to make us cry. We no. just struggle to manage our emotions. High pressure. Yeah. I also just like throwing their names out there. I do that on every single... Chance I get. Check out my story. I think I talk crap about Matt Bell. It's pretty great. One, <laughs> what? One thing I did want to mention uh, was some people... <laughs> did you just what? So, like, never mind. Um, one thing I did want to mention was that uh, some people feel that it's, like, disingenuous. Uh, oh, I finally got it right. I got the word. Disingenuous not to... <laughs> not to share your emotions. And I think that's really important that you recognize that sometimes sharing every emotion that you have makes the workplace uncomfortable for other people. And that's okay. That's okay that they have that boundary. And I would go so far as to say that it is okay to want to withhold some of yourself and not put all your cards on display for everybody because there will be people that use that against you. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, don't do that. That's yeah. that's another reason why you can't you can't just tell everything to everybody, right? Like, I'm, go up. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't have like a BFF at work that you a peer level that you can vent to. You you do have to find somebody you can trust and make that a priority. I I think all of us say when we say, "Why do you say it, RDI? What's the answer?" People, yep. right? But not everybody. The entire call center can't be your person you go to. It, you got to pick one or two. and then There will be people guys. that burn you. Uh, there will be people that you burn. Um, and you just, uh, Sue just looked at me like, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. There will be people that burn you and that you burn. And you don't have to have that level of intimacy with everyone. You know, right. that's, that's really important by withholding some of yourself. You are keeping that distance. You are establishing a boundary so that you can protect your heart and keep it safe. So. No, protect your heart and keep it safe. Mm. I love it. <laughs> well, so we got a little bit of time left. I know we didn't do any, uh, updates, housekeeping at the beginning, but maybe we could, uh, finish up with some housekeeping, housekeeping. Uh, let's see. Uh, next week we have our first, uh, book discussion. The Woman Nation Academy is going to be reading and discussing the first three chapters of The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women. If you would like to join us, uh, you can join the discussion because we're going to record it and then put it in this feed. Um, but if you would like to read the book with us, feel free. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts too. Um, <clears throat> when are we, we're talking what chapters one through four at the one next meeting? Three. Three. One through three. Did mm-hmm. you just say that? She did. Wow. <laughs> um, let's see. Other Women Nation updates. We've had two meetings with our lovely Women Nation Academy group so far. We talked about our strengths <clears throat> through Strength Finders 2.0, led by Joseph. It was very cool. That's one of my favorite meetings every, every iteration of Women Nation. Um, and take a look at either how similar or how different your strengths are to other 
women leaders. Big shout out to Ruby Howard. We have literally the exact top five same strengths. Shut up. Never, never seen that before. Guys, I just, so we're doing uh, strength finders for boot camp next week. And Joe B. Heimer told me his and his first two are strategic and woo. <gasps> Shut up. You got a woo? No. Christy I know. Smith is a woo too. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I've never seen a woo before her, and now we have two woos. Look at that. You've seen a woo. <laughs> She's no longer. We know we know a woo, Kim. We're not we're never losing another woo though. So um B. Heimer, Christy, y'all good. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know what StrengthsFinders is, it basically tells you your top strengths in the workplace, and woo means stands for winning others over. So it's a very great people skill to have, and of course, I don't have it. <laughs> That's interesting that Joe Beheimer's a woo. I know, right? But it makes sense when you really think about it. I mean, I like dude. the guy. He's a great dude. <laughs> I mean, I really like good, the But guy. just having strategic and then woo... I think is very interesting. That's yeah. a that's a weird like top two. Wild. Um, let's see. We also talked through emotional intelligence yesterday. Led by Maria Ispiro. Oh, Led by Maria. Maria. Always she, love talking emotional intelligence. She just takes. She took that presentation. She just bumped it up a notch because you know it's not Maria. It's not Maria if it's not done a thousand times better than you intended it to go. So <laughs> she's amazing. She Love is, her. and she always, she rocks a bold lip. I love a bold lip. She's wearing that red. I always love it. So, yeah, emotional intelligence, great topic. Would have been something we could have kicked this off with, too. Uh, but <laughs> Probably would have been smart. I <laughs> uh, would have been emotionally intelligent. Uh, for those of you who want more information on emotional intelligence, you can read Emotional Intelligence 2.0. By Travis Bradbury and Jean Greaves. Um, that's a great book to cover all the topics. Uh, and part of emotional intelligence is managing your thoughts and your feelings. So, any other shindigs to discuss? I think I'm, that's I, it. Feel, feel free to join the Woman Nation Facebook group if you haven't. Um, love to see some more interaction on there. We're getting, we're getting some folks posting some inspirational things, tips. If you have questions on how to be a woman in the workplace, um, I, I, really <laughs> funny. Side, I, side comment. One time, Joseph Pinnell asked Shelly Elkins, has anybody ever treated you like a woman at RDI? <laughs> and it was the funniest thing that's ever been asked. In my life, it was. One what of, did she say? We both just started laughing because we were on like a trip somewhere. We were at the dinner, and he's like, "That's not what I meant." Like he immediately knew. Like <laughs> she, he meant to say, "Has anyone ever treated you differently at RDI because you're oh. not as mm. has anybody ever treated you like a woman?" No, at RDI, <laughs> no one's ever treated me like a woman. I, um, but yeah, have, uh, great things. Uh, great things coming up if I, i'm thinking about doing a little like meeting room on facebook just like on a friday night just like hey ladies um hey, ladies. but yeah uh well cool well sue thanks for joining us this week um and being our first ever 
<laughs> uh, guest to the pod. Do, can, can we talk like that now? Or are we that cool? Let's talk to the pod. Um, Friends friend of the pod. Of the family. Can I get a t-shirt that says friend of the woman nation pod? Yes. Can we uh, well, we're not the woman nation pod. We're she who hustles. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Speaking of, shirts. if you have feedback, questions, ideas, we have an email address, shewhohustles at rdicorp.com. Please email us. All right. Thanks, everybody, for your time. And as always, remember to hashtag leave her better. She Who Hustles is a product of RDI Corporation. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of RDI and its affiliates. A quick thank you to those who helped facilitate and create this podcast. Producer, Tyler Ernschwinder. Executive producer, Joseph Pinnell. Content created by Kelsey Best and Kim Armstead. Thank you. Ugh, I gotta say it's like an NPR person. You are listening to She Who Hustles. Please don't use that. (laughs) Please only use that.